This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jeremy Wolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 57 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. I would like to welcome to the show a very special guest this morning. We have Mark Hadabau with the Pentecostals of Cooper City. Mark, thanks for joining us today. It's an honor to be here with you, Jeremy, and to uh, address your audience and share some of the great things that Cooper City is doing. Literally, uh, we say from Cooper City, we're affecting the world. I cannot wait to get started. Um, I know we, we know each other, of course, and um, you are uh, uh, quite the personality. You do a, a lot of amazing work for the community and really around the world. Um, so I'm really uh, looking forward to kind of getting into this. Um, why don't you share with us a little bit about the Pentecostals of Cooper City, and then we'll go from there. Sure. The Pentecostal Cooper City uh, actually started in Miami many, many years ago. The first pastor was here for 45 years, and my wife and I have been here for 26 years. So in 71 years, 72 years, we've only had two pastors. That's quite an accomplishment for any church. Uh, and it's a diverse congregation, almost 80 nationalities. And that's really the cool thing, I think, that stands out that we've got almost 80 nationalities there from all kinds of people, all walks of life, all over the world, all kinds of languages. We also have a Creole, uh, Spanish, and a Portuguese congregation. So uh, we have a congregation in Coral Springs. We have about six services that meet on Sunday. So it's a pretty exciting family, I should say. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that stood out for me um, after we, we met, I, I know that <clears throat> I attended an event at your uh, at your church uh, regarding the stand with Israel, uh, and I know that the, the, I've learned that the Pentecostals are very close, um, you know, with the Jewish faith, and that was something that I hadn't, you know, I didn't know before we met. Uh, and that event was just phenomenal, uh, really, really good stuff that you're doing over there. So maybe you could talk a little bit more about that relationship. Yes. Uh, so uh, the Pentecostal Apostolic is very, very closely related to the uh, the Jewish faith. Uh, and we have done Stand With Israel for many, many years. We've also done Holocaust Remembrance uh, and very closely aligned to Israel and to the people there. Um, the uh, Consul General of Israel, personal friends of mine, uh, and I've uh, been invited to celebrate the big birthdays for Israel with them and been nominated the Global Ambassador for Israel. So uh, quite a high honor uh, and a great blessing to be connected with these uh, great great people, great leaders, and a great family, great nation. So so you've been a pastor now. You said, I think you mentioned 26 years, did you say? 26 years. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about your journey that led you up to that point. Had you always been um, you know, involved with religion prior to that? How, you know, how did you end up becoming a pastor? It's a very, very uh, unique question. Uh, I had a drug problem. I tell people I had a drug problem at very young. Uh, my parents drugged me everywhere. They drugged me. They were pastors. So they drugged me to church and drugged me to, you know, Bible schools and everything. So uh, I was raised as a missionary kid in Argentina, South America. My grandma was also a missionary in Portugal, and I've been back to serve as missionaries in Argentina and in Portugal. Uh, started uh, actually ministry when I was very, very young uh, in Argentina. I started ministry when I was 12 years old. By the time I was 16, we had a congregation, it's kind of a long story, but uh, lived and ministered in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Chicago, uh, greater Chicago, Indiana side, 
Indianapolis, uh, Northern California, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, California, and before coming here, uh, San Diego, California, where my wife was born and raised, uh, served there in a large congregation. So a real big circle around the world of uh, ministry experiences and so forth, and I'm still just 29 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really an amazing journey. Uh, One of the things that stands out in my mind about about you, Mark, is is all the charity that you do, uh, you know, not just here for our community in Cooper City, but really all around the world. I mean, every time I look on Facebook, you know, you're you're helping out in, you know, in all these different countries, disaster relief. Can you maybe speak a little bit about, um, you know, the charity side of what you do? Yes. There's a saying in Spanish that that I'll try to, to transliterate into English. It says, he that doesn't live to serve doesn't serve to live, doesn't deserve to live is not really the context. But in other words, we're put here on this on this land to serve others. And, um, you know, we we get fulfillment and so forth. So even starting here in Cooper City, we've done so many, so many things for the community. One of the biggest things we do is the boxes of hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've served thousands and thousands of people. We started during the pandemic with delivering boxes of food to uh, individuals in their homes and so forth. And then we've moved on now to just drive through. Um, we've also been involved with Compassion Services International. Those of you that have drove by our church on Flamingo Road have seen the banners. Uh, anytime there's a natural disaster and we are already, uh, you know, working on collections and sending teams there. Not only do we send humanitarian, but we also take medical teams. We take uh, education teams, construction teams. So there's there's a huge facet of what we do with disaster relief, but follow up, not just the disaster relief. But we've, uh, if you remember what happened in the Bahamas, we had 12 missions from right here in Cooper City, 12 shipments, uh, 12 teams that went over into Bahamas taking supplies to Puerto Rico. We ended up uh, shipping 12 containers of supplies. We sent a container to, to Guatemala. Uh, I've personally been in Puerto Rico with the disaster relief. I was in Haiti, both earthquakes, sending and bringing supplies there from Chile earthquake to Peru earthquake to Ecuador earthquake, uh, all of the Caribbean. We've just been blasting from right here. It's it's the biggest, it's the smallest, biggest church you've ever seen that we're able to do such a huge impact globally uh, with Compassion, teamed up with Compassion Services International. So uh, I love the the thing I love about it is, you know, the mission is 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 very it's it's since it's mostly volunteers, every dollar that comes in uh, is going straight to the need. And that's what one of the things that the passion that I have is, uh, as you know, there's been reports of some very bad mismanaged. Uh, and, and I'm not tr- trying to throw stones, but I'm just trying to point the facts. There are some big organizations that are in this, but their management uh model is 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 just different than what I'm used to and what I'm what I like to see and I want to be involved with. So I want to get boots on the ground. We want to get the supplies there. And another thing is this um, a lot of times it's not just what we give uh, as in things that we give because we don't want to hurt go in there and hurt the economy. A lot of times it's the funds, it's the finances that we're able to go in and and purchase. So if we're going into disaster relief and we're given a free bag of rice, that's a bag of rice they're not buying from the store. And yeah. therefore now, why would I why would I go to the buy if I'm going to get a free bag of rice? And this is just simple mathematics I'm trying to give you. So we will either go to the store and buy the rice from their neighbor, not 
technically because their stores are closed, but they'll somewhere in the area. So we try to do some things like that, that is able to, you know, spur the economy. But like in the Bahamas, when everything was shut down and there was nothing there, the only thing coming in was from the outside and it wasn't, we weren't taking dollars or we weren't taking food off of anybody's table. I think that's important to understand. And again, after doing disaster relief for 38 years with Compassion, I haven't been with Compassion Services that long, but they've been around for 38 years. And they say that what you don't know because you're the devil, you know, because you're old. <laughs> so uh, he doesn't know because he does because he's old. So uh, you just try to learn some things and try to apply some principles that are truly helping the communities that you're serving. And a key word is serve. That's what we're there for. Um, and uh, it, it's a great blessing to represent Cooper City. We've been honored by the city and so many times for our representation in the community. Uh, so uh, we represent you. We represent Cooper City. Uh, and when you see disasters happening, know that we're going to help. Know that you can join with us, partner with us, uh, and be a part of this amazing thing. We were in Ukraine. We went all the way to Ukraine for the uh during the war, we was there. I went into Lviv with a big shipment. We were there twice. We actually have, we still have a hotel in Poland that we've set aside. It was shut down during COVID. So it was perfect for us to move in and had to refurbish the whole thing. But now that hotel is housing uh, the families of the refugees. So it's, it's global. Uh, we have connections around the world. And literally uh, when there's a disaster that, you know, strikes within hours, we're assembling teams, we're assembling, it, 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 the, the, the machine starts and we just start going in motion. Yeah. I mean, you truly do have a, a, a wonderful system in place because you know, I don't know where you find the time for all this. Every time I blink, I see you in another country helping boots on the ground, you know, not just uh, coordinating everything with the food and the relief and everything, but you're, you're there, right? You're in yeah. the heart of it doing all this. Um, last, a- last week I was in Dominican Republic mm-hmm. again, uh, very, very, very poor, poor areas, helping out some families that were, uh, I, we were connected with a youth group that was there, youth on missions that was there. And, uh, I was taking these kids, we were going to these homes and I was like, we would come out and I was like, guys, look, look at where these people live. Your dog lives better than these people. I mean, you could, the, the slats on the wall, you could look right outside, you, you know, dirt floors and like one room and a bed and a pan to cook in and just a, you know, a little bit of wood to, to cook with. And you're like, they didn't choose to live there. We didn't, we didn't get the choice to be born where we were born. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just have to remember we're blessed and, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And sometimes it's not just that we bless because we give, but we are blessed because we can give. Well said, well said. Shift for a second. Um, Could you speak to, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they might hear the Pentecostals, and, and they immediately rush to judgment about the faith, things they've heard, things they, you know, and they haven't actually met anybody within the faith or experienced what you guys are doing. Can you speak to some common myths or misconceptions that people generally have about, about the Pentecostal faith? Um, yes, uh, that we swing from the chandeliers. <laughs> uh, well, I, I tell people, the you know, the choir grooves and the pews move uh, kind of thing. So the Pentecostals, to give you just some context, you have Old Testament, New Testament. 
uh, New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the four Gospels writing about Jesus. Remember, Jesus didn't start a church, but he actually taught the 12 disciples to start a church. The fifth book of the book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles. The actions are what they put into practice that they learned from Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, uh, it's on the day of Pentecost that the church began, the first church. You know, I tell people there's a lot of churches in the phone book, but there's only one church in the good book, and that was on the day of Pentecost. And the Pentecost church started there, or the apostolic church, or the first church started there. And they were consistent in their teaching. They were consistent throughout the entire church era in scriptures. And later on, things were added and things were changed. But if you go back to the original, you go back to the book of Acts, you go back and you follow what Peter preached, what the apostles practiced, what they put into practice, what their doctrine was. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says they continued in the apostles' doctrine. And so there's something about continuing on with the original plan. So that's kind of like what I try to explain people is how do you find the Pentecostals? Well, we're in Acts chapter number two on the day of Pentecost, where the church began. Interesting. All right. Thanks for sharing that. So when, I, I, I'm sure it's hard for you, uh, you know, to find leisure time with everything you do. But, you know, when you're not out there uh, helping people through charity um, and at the church, what do you what do you like to do for fun? Tell us a little bit maybe about your well, family. I have a wife of 33 years and a son of 31 years, and he's also in ministry. He's actually speaking this week, and he's been speaking in North Carolina in two different areas, oh, nice. uh, which is a joy. And he is uh, soon to be engaged and excited about that. Um, but, you know, family is, is, is first for us. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law live with us, so we take care of them. And that's a, a joy that we have to care for our, our, our parents and uh, take care of them. Um, but when I'm available and I can, of course, I love to travel, but I love to dive and I haven't dove for a long time. A diver, a certified diver. Uh, I like that. I love, uh, you know, private commercial flights, uh, uh, private flying. Uh, I've been flying in small planes for many, many years out in the Amazon, uh, jungles and can tell you tons of stories about that, but I won't bore you on that right now. But, um, I do enjoy that. So um, yeah, I know we, we should go diving one day. I got I got scuba certified many many years ago. I, I be honest with you, I would I think I'd feel more comfortable if I went through training again before I went back out because it's been so long uh, since I've actually you know gone for a dive. I, I would feel pretty well. Then <laughs> then you would love to dive with me because I am the guy that likes to dive twenty five feet, thirty feet, and you can see just about anything you want to see. And I mean, basically, you can just hold your breath and go up if you can't do anything. You don't actually hold your breath. That's not what you do. I'm just trying to give you an example. <laughs> you're close enough to the top to where you're you're safe. You know, that's that's my that's my primo diving experiences. All right. Well, if you find the time, I know you haven't been in a while. I haven't been. Let's let's make it happen. Sounds like I'd, fun. I'd love to. Um, sitting here today, looking back through your journey, Mark, is there anything that comes to mind? Um, a defining moment throughout your life, uh, some hardship or struggle that you experienced, um, you know, that at the time going through it, it felt like the end of the world, but sitting here today, you could look back at it and, and really draw inspiration and be grateful for having gone through that experience. There's obviously all lives have challenges and all lives, you know, there's, there's no, no life that has been a bed of roses. We've all been made by those things that make us, um, we've suffered, you know, some, 
some in Argentina, um, some some sad tragedies. One of the tragedies I would say was defining was my brother, uh, while in Argentina, my oldest brother, um, he lost his arm in a tragic accident, um, sad situation. Um, and he was 17 at the time. And um, but the thing that totally uh, helped me was his attitude to the whole thing. Um, literally, he had such a positive attitude and he there's nothing he can't do. It's an amazing, I mean, he, he bikes, he lives in Tennessee, works for the government, but he bikes hundreds of miles a day, a hundred miles, wow. 60 miles, 80 miles a day with one arm. He does more of one than I got to, uh, but he, there's literally, uh, he plays sports, anything. He, he, he doesn't have a challenge. He's made his mind up. You know what? This is not to me a handicap. I'm just as good as anybody else. I'm going to be able to to do whatever I can to, to continue my life and has a wonderful family. And, uh, there's never, I mean, he, he inspires me and he's, he's taught me, man, you know, if, if you can do it, I can do it, you know? And so that's, I think one of the greatest obstacles we had, I was, I was 15 at the time. And I mean, it, it, it rocks your world when your, your biggest brother, your big brother is, you know, going through this and he, we almost lost him. He, uh, he ended up getting gangrene from a, it was a fall, it was a simple fall compound fracture. And, uh, they took him to the hospital and they didn't clean it out good. And so gangrene set in and then they had to get, it, it was just one of the darkest times, but we've had others, but you know, they make you or break you. And I think that's what you have to grasp. You know, am I going to be, uh, you know, a victim or a victor? And so we just made our mind up. We want to, be victorious through things and have a great attitude because attitude, if you're any, if you know anything about flying, attitude determines altitude. That's what they have a, a statement on flying. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, share, share with us the one thing that you'd like for our listeners to know about the Pentecostals of Cooper city. If you're not having fun living for God, you're not doing it right. All right. And, and I think people have taken religion and made it religious when actually it's not about religion. I'm not religious. It sounds funny. Uh, I am in a relationship. The difference is I don't do rituals. I do relationship. And so that, that's what I, I, you know, Tim, when you come in, it's family, everybody's family. You feel like you belong. You feel like this is, man, I feel like I know these people. One of the mm-hmm. highest compliments we get always is, you know, I, I just never been to a church that's so friendly, so kind and so warm and inviting. And, and literally, I tell people, if you don't feel God when you come, you never have to come back. It's just easy as that. And I know people come to church uh, to feel God. That's We want a God encounter. This is a God moment. This is a place where we meet with God, where God meets with us. We have an opportunity to connect with God. And uh, if, if, and I tell people, listen, if we're not, if God's not here, let's go sell shoes. Let's go sell cars. Let's go do something. Not that those things aren't important. I'm just saying, let's find another career other than this, because I don't want to, you know, advertise we're the bread store and we don't have bread. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm, this this is where people can come and meet with God, have their needs met, miracles after miracles. I tell you, um, every May we have May of miracles, and this this it's just one testimony after the other. People with cancer, people that have been healed. We have blind people that have been healed. We have, I mean, it just it just goes on and on of how miraculous things happen when we get that relationship with God. And so, uh, you know, we try to live our life and that's the key. We want to live what we say and live our life and live the, the great relationship that we can have with God. That, that was in the beginning when Adam and Eve was created, it was about relationship. They had a great relationship with God and that needs to be restored. In closing, Share with us how we could learn more, uh, maybe your website, uh, your address, your contact information. Yes, certainly. Uh, CooperCityChurch.org um, is the website. Uh, Compassion Services website is CompassionServices.org. Uh, um, and um, you can check those out and uh, certainly contact us through the websites. Uh, my emails are on there. You can check out and come visit, be my guest. Uh, and uh, if you want to know more about boxes of hope, or you want to know more about community events, we also have uh, many, um, many uh, like small sessions for people in the community. Don't even come to our church, but we have sessions for businesses. We have sessions for, uh, for, for, we have a school also. We have a pre-K four all the way to 12th grade school. Um, but we have Celebrate Recovery for people that are dealing with addictions or people that are dealing with family members that have addictions. And that meets every Friday night. We have grief support. We have divorce care. So we have the world is hurting. There's so many people in the world that are hurting. And because of that, they need help. They need hope. The key is the word hope. And when you understand that you're not the only one going through these things, but that other people have gone through difficulties and look, they're going to make it and they want you to make it. And they're going to walk you through that journey together. It's a powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. So uh, we don't advertise everything we do, but certainly we're a small church doing big things in a big way, and we can serve our community in so many different ways. Excellent. And we will, of course, link in the description below to all of your contact information. Mark Hadabow with the Pentecostals right here in Cooper City, uh, doing great work for our community and beyond throughout the rest of the world. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. It's a pleasure to be with you all. It was a pleasure to be on the front cover of the first magazine. Uh, and that was exciting to be a part. And all of the subsequent stories that we're seeing now of the great neighbors. Listen, this is obviously a great community. And Jeremy, you're helping highlight so many amazing people doing amazing things. And that's just, we, we actually can see the value of this great, what we call Cooper City, the, you know, the great city of Cooper City. Yeah, it's truly an honor to be uh, involved in this community. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening to learn more about our great community and, um, you know, the local businesses and institutions that service, serve us. I'm sorry. Um, Mark, again, pleasure, pleasure seeing you again. And um, I'm sure we'll be crossing, 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 what am I trying to say? Crossing paths soon. And we definitely <laughs> yes. got to go diving. We got to go diving. Absolutely. All right. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. And to all podcast. the community, have a great day. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast, Cooper City. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to GNP. 
GNPCoopersCity.com. That's GNPCoopersCity.com. Or call 954-231-3170. 